0: 7654321.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. Our unique team helps small businesses grow by providing essential marketing expertise.
0: Hello and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. My name is Bill Parmentier of W. Parmentier Photography. I'm Justin of Justin Kerr Design.
2: And I'm Alicia with Custom Marketing Solutions.
0: And together we make up the Marketing Marketing Essentials Essentials team. So today we're talking about, I think we've decided we're going to call this hashtag fail. Or talk about marketing. Actually, hashtag
1: hat? marketing fail. Yeah,
0: hashtag, hashtag marketing fail. We wanted to take some time today and just talk about how businesses can get their marketing done wrong. <laughs>
2: right, right. We talk a lot about what you can do to succeed with your marketing. Yes. However, there's lots of valuable lessons to be learned by what other people have done yes. and done very, very wrong. <laughs> We've said
0: this many times before. You can learn from what other people's failures are to avoid your own. You know. So,
2: well, the,
1: yeah, I think the the saying goes that. Smart people learn from their mistakes wise people, people learn, learn from, from other, other people's mistakes, mistakes. Yeah. so hopefully we have some wise listeners i hope so uh, to the podcast that can learn from these mistakes sure. that we've come across so i think i'll uh,
0: i'll start it off here so we we uh, before this podcast started we each picked two marketing fails if you will <laughs> and uh, some of them are going to probably make you cringe a little bit or a but lot, that, that, or a lot. <laughs> and that's for a reason because these are things that we really need to think about before you go and do your marketing.
2: All so the first. I'm gonna kick us off. I'm gonna
0: kick us off. I'm pick, <laughs> kick us off. Uh, hang on one second. I'm just gotta find it now. Oh, yes. Sometimes business owners can become a little overconfident in their product. And uh, sometimes that overconfidence can get you in a little bit of trouble. Going back to 2006, so not too long ago, 12 years ago. <laughs> In my lifetime, it's not a long time, Alicia's over here laughing, but uh, there was a company and the company still exists to the best of my knowledge called LifeLock. And the CEO's name was Todd Davis. Well, Todd believed so much in his company that he thought, you know what, I'm I'm so sure that the product that I have is going to help people not have their identity stolen, that he had the bright idea of taking his social security number and plastering it all over All of their advertising materials, commercials, vans, everything. Anybody want to guess what the outcome
1: of that was? He got hacked. Not once, not twice. Three times?
0: No. How about 13 times he had his identity stolen? (laughs) 13 (laughs) times.
2: Wow. Can
0: you say, oops? Can you say witness protection program? Yeah, you you would think. It's like... What would make you think that? I I, 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 get that he believed in his product, right? But if you don't have a hundred percent guarantee, especially when you're playing around with something like your own identity that can be stolen, possibly, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I think that's well, gutsy.
1: I, I, you bring up a good point. It's like, all right, so if you're confident that your product or service uh, is so good that you'd be willing to put your own social security number out there, why not test that quietly? Yeah, and see if it works. And see if it actually works before you put it out there publicly. Yeah, you would think they would do some sort of testing ahead of time, like market testing or...
2: Uh, well, I mean, I don't yeah, know. Especially when you're a big company like that.
0: What do you do? Well, then again, I guess what do you do? Do you call somebody up and go, uh, on the black market and go, hey, uh, can you see if you can try to hack my... <laughs> I,
1: I'm... You know, I, I'm not a programmer or coder or not a cryptologist or anything like that. But I would assume that there is some way to test that. Sure, I would think so. You know, and say, OK, this, is this thing really as bulletproof as we think? You know, and if it's not, don't put the claim out there. Yeah, you know, I, sell, its <laughs> on it, sell it on its good points and say, hey, we're confident in this project. But to go out there and say, we're, we believe this thing is so bulletproof, we're willing to put our social security number out there. It's It's just foolish. I mean... You didn't test it, or maybe they did and they didn't test it well enough, but it's you're really taking a huge risk. With, and it's like you said, this is something important, like your identity, right? Yeah. This is not a taste test between two two soft drinks. No. no. This is your identity.
0: Well, here's the, the, the sad part about it. Think about the other unfortunate part of that. He's proved that his product doesn't work the way he's saying it's going to work. Mm. And to boot, LifeLock was fined twelve. dollars million dollars by who? for deceptive advertising by the federal trade commission <laughs> because sh- he basically proved my product doesn't work Ow. so that's w- an expensive fail
1: it would be interesting to find out what they've done in the interim you know like have they really shored up their product to where it's it now is secure and it is doing what it's supposed to be doing
0: i gotta believe there's a limit to what you can do because as fast as these people that are stealing identities are uh uh, getting through. As soon as you put up another wall, they figure a way around it. So
1: Right. And my understanding, I've never used the, the product, but my understanding was that it was basically a system set up to alert you yeah. if there was suspicious activity mm-hmm. or if you did get your identity stolen, there were some processes in place that could help you yeah. recover from that. But it didn't make you bulletproof. No, and I
0: think a lot of them, I don't know if it was LifeLock, that was one of them, but you know they'd offer you like a million dollars in protection if your if your identity gets stolen through their program. So, so anyway, that's marketing fail number one.
2: Yeah, All right. Uh, lesson to, learned. Lesson Don't learned. Don't do something unless you can back it up.
0: Absolutely, lesson.
2: Justin.
1: Number two. Oh, okay. Number two. Well, this goes back to, this is a branding um, one for me. This goes back to 2010, and it was when Gap decided to introduce a new logo. So Gap had had their iconic you know, blue square with a very thin and tall lettering uh, for a long, long time, they decided that they wanted to appeal to a different market. And they introduced their new logo, and it lasted all of two days.
2: <laughs> Which probably took them how long to develop a new logo? Oh, right.
1: I'm sure it was months, and it cost them millions of dollars yep. you know, to work with a branding agency to do this. So they pulled it after two days because there was such a backlash from their audience, you know, from the people uh, that bought Gap products. And they just didn't understand their target audience, right? So the loyal Gap customers, you know, they shopped at Gap because they just wanted the basics. You know, good basic clothing. And Gap thought, no, we want to, you know, shift towards trendy and their their base was like, no, no, we're not into trends. We want... That's
0: why we come here in the
1: first place. Right. That's why we come to the Gap, because we don't follow the trends, right? So they just completely misunderstood their target audience. And, you know, they had to spend all this money, and then they had to pull the, you know, pull the logo after two days. And, you know, when you roll something out like that, you're ready to roll it out across the board. So... You're ready to roll it out in, in print and on social media and your labeling and signage. So I have no idea how far they had to pull back. You know, how and many and people and
2: lost their job? Who lost who got fired over that one? You
1: know, I and the question couldn't tell again.
0: You. What happened to focus groups? Did they not roll out some of this new branding to a group of, of loyal customers and say, What do you think?
1: Well, I don't know. The lesson here is that you need to stay in touch yeah. with who is purchasing your product. And you have to know them well enough to know, and this goes to personas, to say, look, we understand our customer base. Mm -hmm. They're these kind of people that have these kind of habits, and we're going to market to them because our product fits their lifestyle and it fits their habits. Now, if Gap wanted to appeal more to trends, they might have been better off doing what a lot of companies do, and develop a sub-brand. spin spinoff or something yeah. like that, yeah. You know, and say, okay, this yeah, sub-brand is going to market... I mean, Victoria's Secrets did that, right? Like mm-hmm. Victoria's Secret, sorry. Pink. Plano, whatever pink, was, yeah. right. Nothing's
2: yeah. really pink, it's just the name. Yeah, right. just the name, yeah.
1: Marketing to, you know, teen girls and, and adolescent girls, Yeah, right? So they didn't try to incorporate that demographic into their main store. They did a sub-brand, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, Card... Manufacturers do this all the time, you know, Lexus and Toyota, mm-hmm. right? Infinity and Honda, right? It's yeah. the same company, yeah. Like but I said, it was they're just they're branded and marketed to two different demographics. Again,
0: just a lack yeah. of you know knowing what your customers are. right?
2: Right. So, so just because there's market opportunity doesn't mean your company has to jump on it exactly with your current you know branding and your current company. If anything, if you're a big brand, open a second company.
0: Yeah, and, right. And, and the worst thing that could have happened was that that had gone forward. And people had already started to realize, look, that doesn't fit with what you're selling. Right. You know? mm-hmm. I, are you, did, I guess the question I would have had would be, was the product changed at the same time? Probably not. They probably had the same product thinking we're just going to rebrand. Yeah.
1: And, and I have issues just even with the design. You yeah. know, they, they went from a very distinctive logo that to people are familiar one. with, to one that was just very generic. I mean, uh, you know, and... It's pretty bad. It, it, I can't say from here much. Well, I mean, we can post, we'll post yeah. this up on, yeah. in the show notes, but, you know, it's basically uh, a very generic sans serif with a blue square off to the upper right-hand corner. You know, it's, it's very generic. And I've seen this trend happen a lot in the last few years where a lot of major brands have stripped away a lot of the personality of their logo, and gone very generic.
0: Yeah, the,
2: I think because like simple is kind of a new fresh look, but simple can easily be, it can come across as cheap or generic yeah. if mm-hmm. you yeah. too like... There's,
0: right. there's, a, there's a big difference between that simple and like the generic beer. <laughs>
2: You know, well, kids, when, you know. when I was a kid, there, were, yeah, there was a, a
1: generic uh, branding movement. And I remember going into the grocery store with beer. my grandmother and seeing all of these white yep. packages with just black lettering mm-hmm. that said cereal yep. or beer. I remember that too, Or, right? yeah. you know, whatever it was. And that lasted all of like maybe six months. Yep. Is that uh, what
2: made you want to go into branding and, and design <laughs> consulting? It? He's still scarred I must from change that, that the world.
1: <laughs> that, that may have been the spark for me, yeah. Okay. Number three, right. Alicia. What
2: do you got? So my example is actually a um, commercial um, that Audi aired, and it aired in the Chinese market, or it was a Chinese wedding commercial. So I'm not actually I'm not sure where this aired because I don't recall seeing it. But the study or the um, article written up on it reads that a mother-in-law walks in to the altar and starts checking out her soon-to-be daughter-in-law that's marrying her son. And she pinches. so the mother-in-law proceeds to pinch this bride's lips, pull on her ears, look at her teeth and tongue before nodding in approval. And the tagline for Audi, which is the car, the um, luxury vehicle, reads, an important decision must be made carefully. So essentially, Ow. the commercial is this woman checking out her soon-to-be daughter-in-law like she's an object.
1: Oh, how did that go? Now, when, yeah. when did that come out?
2: I'm going to have to find out the date. Um, but I'm assuming if it was any time in the last 30 years, yeah, so <laughs> it was still not, not, okay. not a good idea.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. There's so many things wrong with that. Yes. Well, I, I mean, yeah. It, sometimes people, you know, I don't understand how companies
0: can go down that type of road. Right. You know, think about what, especially if it's something that's trending in that that time frame.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, like
0: right now we got the the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. We got, you know, Women, you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't dare. Do something like that, and it's like, what are you thinking? What right. what part of that made you think that was going to do well?
2: So I guess, yeah. you know, Oops, what, sorry, I'm getting away from the mic. what was happening here was they were like, oh, this is funny, and, you know, it kind of, like, brings home the point that, yeah, you should test drive a car, and you should look at the features, and you should compare it to others before you buy. But why make the argument with, like, objectifying and judging a human and a woman who's going to be getting married. Like, it's just like something went very wrong there, and nobody in the room had
0: the I'm I'm wondering if that's a cultural thing.
1: (laughs) I'm wondering if there was any women in the room when they were (laughs) reviewing this ad. Well, this is a a Japanese
0: uh, firm that did this. this I'm not sure, so it's Audi. But But it happened in Japan.
2: It was a Chinese wedding commercial. Oh, Chinese, it Audi, Chinese. Is Audi
1: Japanese or German? Not German, I think. I, I think Audi is German, yeah. But, I mean, think about the target market they went to, though. Well, I it mean, would have been the American market. Well, no, she said China. Oh, this isn't
2: China? Well, it's, yeah. it's just titled Chinese wedding commercial, so I'll do some more oh, okay. research. Oh, okay. Maybe
0: we're misunderstanding this However, a
2: it did backlash no matter where it sure. aired.
0: Sure. Regardless, it was not a good... A, a good uh, decision
2: and so the commercial was pulled and the takeaway is you know funny funny is good funny can be Uh. great in marketing and it can make people chuckle it can make you more memorable however there's a line when you're dealing with comedy and you're dealing with things that make people laugh because it can be you know the cutesy kind of humor it can be a little racy or a little Mm -hmm. outside the box but the bottom line is if if it could if you could look at something and say this could be considered racist, maybe, maybe you or do this it. could yeah. be considered, you know, downplaying like uh, gender rights or anything in today's culture. That when we're focused on so much equality today, and we should be, and if there's any kind of maybe or eh, anybody in the room should speak up and say, "Let's no. not. This Let's is not. not do this, yeah. yeah, this is not a good thing." And and don't sacrifice your values, even if you you know you're trying to get a laugh out of people your company shouldn't sacrifice their values just you know, to get a laugh it, it's
0: funny because companies can be funny I I, I ran across uh, this is a little off topic but this whole Twitter thing with uh, Wendy's. Wendy's have you have seen that yeah yeah that's a good it's, one uh, this Wendy's roast me thing where people come up and they'll do hashtag oh, was it Wendy's roast me or whatever mm-hmm and then Wendy's the actual corporate Wendy's will come back and roast something about that person what they did. Yeah, or and, the company. Or the company <laughs> yeah. and it's hilarious. <laughs> like peanut like the
2: peanuts is yeah, like Yeah, you okay. the worst
0: part of a trail mix.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on being the worst part of trail mix. So, like it's cute. Mr.
0: Peanut mm-hmm. uh, that company said Wendy's roasted me and mm-hmm. Wendy's came back and said, "Congratulations on being the worst part of trails mi- trail mix." Trail mm-hmm.
2: mix. So
1: it, sometimes I, it can be funny. So enough. what's Wendy's promoting? Just
0: It's just it's just a trending kind of thing. Yeah, okay. It's not really it's just more to keep them out there. People are thinking just Wendy's to keep their name, name out. Yeah.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. By the yeah. way, but it's, it's cute, but it, it's cute. Yeah.
2: It kind of brings home the point that they need to be careful, and they oh, do. Yeah, then, they the, do have one tweet that went a little wrong. Um, I saw it out there in marketing. Um, yeah, they do straddle drops. that
0: line quite often.
2: Right, and you 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 do have to be careful that you're not offending people, sure. that you're well, making people laugh with your comedy. See,
1: yeah. I I'm a big fan of snark. Okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But when I think of Wendy's, I don't think of that as being part of their brand. I think of Wendy's and I think of, you know, quality product, wholesome, old-fashioned. I mean, my God, old-fashioned hamburgers is like part of their brand.
0: I think it started
2: da- by accident.
0: I think part of it was when Dave Thomas passed away mm-hmm. and his daughter took over the company. Okay. She kind of took it in a slightly different direction. So they kind of... Discounted a lot of those old-fashioned values and came back to yeah. It just doesn't seem to fit no, their I, personality.
1: I, I mean, if no, call it a pivot, I guess. Okay. Say. I don't know. I I, I, but it's I still, feel mm.
2: like it may have started by accident with oh, yeah. them making fun of someone on Twitter, and then it just kind of snowballed, yeah. and it became like a hashtag. I don't know, but, but I it, could but be wrong.
1: Anyway, so it was, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna make fun of something you know, hedge your bet and make it self-deprecating humor. Make fun of yourself yeah. and yeah. allow other people to laugh with you. But when you start picking on other people...
0: They well, no, she, they didn't come after anybody in particular. These people are actually asking to be roasted by
1: Wendy's. Yeah, yeah okay, but still. That's
0: a very dangerous position. Admittedly, to it's, a, it's a tight line to walk, but they're doing it, for the most part, they're doing it okay.
1: Yeah.
2: I, I give Wendy's props on this one. Yeah, I, I like it, personally. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's very snarky. It, 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 I mean, like I said, I like snark. It just doesn't seem to fit Wendy's. Well, <laughs> if you could suspend
0: that, go back and look at some of them. They're actually pretty funny. Right. Yeah, Wendy's anyway. on
2: Twitter has its own life now.
0: Speaking of. Oh, okay. Speaking of doing things too quickly and too fast on Twitter without actually thinking them out. Oh, okay. This is and number this is, four. What have you is, got? This is my story. So this goes back to 2014. So I don't know how many... You guys remember the Ray Rice incident? You know, yes. the, the whole abuse incident. An NFL player. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I think he, like, uh, knocked his girlfriend out, out in an, an elevator, elevator, elevator and yeah. it was on tape. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then he tried to yeah. play it off like it was nothing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And...
0: Um, at that time, one of the things that came up on Twitter was hashtag why I stayed and hashtag why I left.
1: And, and so where, where did these hashtags come well, from? Well,
0: basically it was supposed to shed a light on abuse. Okay. And women would get on there and say, hashtag why I stayed. This is why I stayed in this abusive relationship, mm-hmm. even though I probably shouldn't have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or hashtag why I left. I left because I was in this type of abuse. So a really good awareness. Can yeah, it was, it, and it was a good idea. But... A company decided, without reading too far into the hashtag, I can only assume they must have just sort it trending. Yeah, they saw as a trending hashtag and went, "Ooh, let's jump on that!" Without actually finding out what the tra- the hashtag trash tag good bill. the hashtag was <laughs> in <laughs> you, this case. You
1: should copyright that. That could be a trash thing. Tag. Trash tag, yeah. Copyright trash tag. You heard it first.
0: <laughs> and I actually like this company. I, I happen to like DiGiorno Pizza. Mm-hmm. I did cheap. Frozen pizza, but it's, it's, you know, it works. Anyway.
1: It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. It's DiGiorno. Yeah, yeah I they They got a, they a the great tagline. tagline. Yeah.
0: You know, well, they weren't thinking, and they went out on Twitter and said, hashtag why I stayed, you had pizza. Ouch. And there was a collective groan, you know. It's, mm. So they didn't realize when they did that, that that trending tag was for abuse awareness. And is, a couple
1: of, Is there any good way, to, to hitch your marketing to an issue like uh, well, domestic
0: abuse? Is but in there, this case, they didn't
2: even know you're it was donating and raising awareness. Not really.
0: In this case, they didn't even know that they'd hitched their wagon to that. They Uh-oh. just they just hitched it to a right. hashtag. So and if you here's go on
2: Twitter, what happens is the hashtags are trending on the side. Yeah. And they just probably saw this hashtag and they're like, "Oh, let me just throw this in and use it." And somebody total lo-
1: lack of research.
2: Yeah. So some Twitter manager definitely so, lost their
0: job Yeah, they, so they actually tried to save it mm-hmm. save the face which kind of made things worse and they ended up deleting it but it said uh, their, tech, their tweet right after they realized what they'd done a million apologies did not read what the hashtag was about before posting oh, oh. yeah that didn't <laughs> so help it's like adding gasoline right. on the fire at that didn't point help. So, and
2: I get it because Twitter moves quick and you have this social media manager and they are probably just like oh, throw this hashtag in there yep, need to get this done
0: let's get it over with Let's yeah, pretend, pretend it's over and move on. that know?
2: is cringeworthy though, when you realize and and here's the thing: you can delete it and you can apologize, but it's been screenshotted, it's been mm-hmm. shared, oh, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. saved once put out on digital media always and forever well, it's like it's like I tell available. my kids if
0: you're going to play around on Facebook or mm-hmm. Instagram, what you put out there even even Snapchat, people could still screenshot it mm mm-hmm. So once yeah. it's out there, it, there ain't no taking it back once you put it on the internet. So,
2: so I guess the lesson <laughs> learned here is any like type of hashtags you use or any type research of research from ahead of time. Any even any type of movement that you're getting involved in, just make sure you know the bottom line and the facts. And yeah, yeah, yeah. As a business,
1: you have to take your responsibility. Research, yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. And be willing to issue a very sincere apology. Yeah.
0: it yeah. doesn't get to that if you do your, if you do your research right. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Number five, Justin.
1: Number uh, five. All right, I'm gonna go local. going local. Oh, I know which one this one is. <laughs> we talked about this. <laughs> part so of this the goes back to 2016, and this is the cooler and warmer <laughs>
2: Rhode
1: uh, tourism campaign for the state of Rhode Island. Uh, now, why Rhodey. this
2: is a local campaign, I do have to mention that this one did make national marketing oh, yeah. list fail. Well, see now mm-hmm. we
1: made the yes. list, guys.
0: Now the Yay. interesting, the interesting part of it for those of us who lived in Rhode Island all our lives. One of the most beloved campaigns was the biggest little state in the union campaign. Yeah, which I think was great. It was great. As a matter of fact, I my grandmother bought us T shirts that had that, that logo on. That is
2: so cute. And
0: it was a great campaign. Biggest then, little
2: state, and they yeah. come up with cooler,
0: warmer. cooler, Woman. Now, can I before you explain this whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Can I mention when I first heard that? Okay. I'm going back to I don't know if you remember the McDonald's campaigns they used to have yeah, the DLT.
1: DLT one side was cool, one side was warm. And you, you put them together, together yep. which was another marketing fail, <laughs> fail yeah. for McDonald's.
2: Pieces, I don't remember. Oh, I used to uh,
1: love the big LTS. It was, was mid-80s, and they were just trying to come up with some new gimmick. And so they decided that you know they were going to create this burger that they had in a, um, styrofoam package. a styrofoam package, which, of course, those eventually got outlawed too. But it came in uh, two halves. So the hamburger patty and the bun and that stuff was in one side, and then the top, top bun, the bun. Yeah. with lettuce and tomato and all the stuff that you would normally chill stayed on the other. And the deal was that you would put them together just before you ate them, rather than them coming together and sitting somewhere-
0: Where the, mel- where
1: the sal- salad would allowing to... like allowing the tomato to get yeah, warm and all okay. that stuff. It was a good idea. It was just not well-blown. It, well it up. just, yeah. I mean, that's- yeah, it kind of failed. Yeah. It, no, exactly. People did not get excited about it. They're like, I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, cooler and warmer. It's <laughs> That was that was the first thing that came to my mind, too, um, when I heard it. And here's the thing about, there's so many d- things about this one that I think were just wrong. One Name is, is yeah. the state went outside to a New yeah, York marketing yeah. agency to come up with this. Now... If you've been in Rhode Island more than 15 minutes, you know that Rhode Islanders are fiercely provincial and fiercely loyal to being Rhode Islanders. Yeah. Now, you take a campaign that's supposed to promote the state, you go elsewhere to have it done, and you go to New York? Really?
0: Well, did you also remember the commercial?
2: Yes, yes. The
0: commercial had video in it that wasn't even Rhode Island. It was Sweden.
1: Because it was
2: Sweden. Sweden. And, and
1: again, this is not, this, this is going to someone who doesn't understand your market, right? Who doesn't understand the culture of your state. Yeah. You're, you're marketing the culture of Rhode Island to outside to say, hey, come to Rhode Island because X, mm-hmm. right? But you're going outside of Rhode Island to ask somebody, well, why would someone come into Rhode Island? It's just... Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I guess
2: the the explanation that I heard was that this was the same tourism company or agency that helped brand um, the I Love New York shirts and stuff like that. Well, uh, that's believe. fine,
1: but... Yeah, it was the agency that was founded by Milton Glaser who did the original I Love New York logo that you see everywhere.
2: Right, that's all good and dandy, but... Yeah, what does that have Islander. to do with yeah. Rhode Island, right? Yeah.
1: Somebody had, uh,
0: I, the argument went, I mean, what, it lasted like two days after they announced it and everybody was up in arms about it. And the argument was like, bring back the old, you know, right. littlest, biggest little well, state Well, like Union.
1: you said, the original was biggest little state. And that was replaced by discover beautiful Rhode, Rhode Island. Island again. Which, is yeah, which is still pretty good. good. Yeah. Better right? than
2: cooler and warmer. Cooler yeah.
1: and warmer, I mean. What does it mean? Well, see, that's the thing. If you have to explain it to somebody. It's not a good. You've already yeah. lost, right? Yeah. So, you know, the the governor and and the um, tourism council spent a ton of time trying to explain this and rationalize yep. it. And thankfully, they eventually gave up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, uh, last year they came out with the new tourism campaign, and it was Rhode Island, fun size, which I think is awesome.
2: That's kind of that's right? cute. I'm, I'm not a fan cute.
1: of that one either. Huh? I mean... It's it's better than cooler warmer. It's better than cooler warmer. I don't think it's as strong as the biggest little state. (laughs) What was that Fall River one? We can go back to.
2: (laughs) Oh yes, we did hear today that Fall River, which is a town bordering, mm, kind of bordering Rhode Island. It's it's nearby, and uh, their tagline was, for their city was. We'll try. We'll try. yeah. So we'll try.
1: <laughs> wow. What that is just? Ooh.
0: It's like phoning it in, man. It's just, yeah. Anyway, so, I'm sorry, I didn't want to go too too far off the course here. But I
1: mean, they did because there was the logo that went along with the slogan, hmm. and I've noticed like uh, for uh, some of the local organizations, like the Rodan Commerce, they've salvaged the logo part of it. So it was a square. Yeah. 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 With a sail, a, an image or silhouette of a sail in it, in that's uh, supposed to
2: be a sail. I didn't even really the image yeah, itself is that's not. Yeah,
1: that's that's a sail. Yeah, the colors we're, we're, are so. It's mm. not horrible. Well, not. if you've seen the, what uh, Commerce RI does with it, it's all blue. It's not the yellow. That's what I was yeah. Yeah. gonna
2: say. We're in like, Ocean State, and what do you think of when you think of the ocean? Water, blue.
1: Yeah, right.
2: Our license plates are blue. Yeah, yeah.
1: Light, like light the blue light. wave. Yeah, so, yeah, this just of, missed on so many, mark, uh, so many different levels. So what's the
0: lesson to be learned here on that one?
1: Lesson to be learned is, uh, you know, like we've talked about with some of these other ones, is understand your audience, mm-hmm. right? And if you understand the culture of Rhode Island and you understand the history of Rhode Island, you're never going to come up with cooler and warmer because that has nothing to do, do with, with what it, we're yeah. about. You know, things like biggest little state, fun size, even discover beautiful Rhode Island. I mean, the fact yeah. that we're a small state, but we've got ocean and beaches on one end and we've yeah. got these beautiful hiking trails in the woods on the other. I mean, it's a, a significant yeah, well, yeah. You know, demographic change in a very small space. So I think any of those, biggest little state, discover beautiful Rhode Island, fun, um, fun, fun size, side. I think they all hit on something that's unique about Rhode, about Island. Rhode Island. And yeah. If you're going to brand something... Find that thing that's unique, yeah, yeah, you know, and we take great pride in being the smallest state. But
0: and like you said, Rhode you Island know. is fiercely loyal to this state, you know, yeah. Absolutely. And we, we joked many times, you know, as a native Rhode Islander, it's hard to leave Rhode Island because it's something that's inside of you. Right. It's hard to explain right. that. up to I'm not a the native, outside.
2: but I would never leave at this point.
0: The thing is, the, <laughs> the old joke <laughs> <laughs> is if you've been here longer than 10 years, you're pretty much a native at that point. Once you start talking about places by the way they where they used to be, mm-hmm. oh, look, that's where the old Benny's used to be. Right, <laughs> right, right. Which yeah, wasn't we, that long ago. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, oh, speaking of the Cooler Warmer thing, now this this goes back to that. Mm. One of the local bands in this area, uh, Steve something in the, oh, I can't remember. Steve Smith and the naked. Nakeds. They redid the little uh, biggest little State in the Union uh, jingle. Oh, yeah? With the Benny's Choir.
2: <laughs> oh, you, gotta, you gotta look wow. it up.
0: It was really good, actually. And they came back in response to that cold, cooler, warmer thing. Okay. So if you, we, right. I'll get the link for it. We'll put it in the podcast notes. So it's all right. Yeah, anyway, we're so we're on to number
1: six, six
2: last but not least. Right. What do you got for us, Alicia? So this is a campaign that Timothy, oh, let me find it here. So they're not local, they're in Canada now, but um, they did a social media campaign. It was Timothy's, which is a coffee chain. So like Tim Hortons
0: or just, just Timothy's
2: itself? Uh, actually, let me check on that. Yeah, I've never
1: <laughs> heard of Timothy's, but... Yeah, anyway, that's so they're, what a, they're, I was they're a coffee chain.
0: <laughs> hold, please. <laughs> we'll put this on hold if for a moment. If it one
1: ain't one Dunkin' part. Donuts. <laughs> yeah, i never heard well, of it. Well, yeah. yeah,
0: Tim Hortons came into this area. Was it f- Tim you...
1: Hortons? Well, Tim Hortons was... Uh, oh, yeah. They're Canadian. Yes,
0: that's why I asked if it, it, yeah, asked it. it yeah, they were
1: here for a while, and I don't know if they, maybe they were just expanded too quickly. so it's Timothy's. Okay, if
2: We can go back to the Tim Hortons thing in a minute. If you see this now, if you see... The brand, it's K-Cups. They produce k Oh,
0: okay, yeah. All right. So they're
2: not local, but they're available to buy here because I've seen Timothy's gotcha, K-Cups. Gotcha. And so they ran a social media campaign um, offering a free coupon in the mail if you, I guess, if you like them on social media, something along those lines. Basically what happened was that they had so much participation, they ran out of free K-Cups. Like, they literally ran out of the free item that they were promising everybody, and they ran out pretty quickly. Then, people were, naturally, they were, they were ticked off. They didn't get their free item. Mm. And they started writing bad stuff on social media. And it took Timothy's two weeks to issue an apology. And the apology wasn't even, you know, redeem, like, you know, telling people that they would eventually get their free item that they were promised. It was basically just an apology. So, big fail because they didn't really think out how this social media campaign was going to work. And so, I guess the takeaway here is that you should always plan out for the best outcome and the worst possible outcome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and and if you can't, you know, you have to have a cutoff then, like, you know, to the first 100,000 participants or something like that. But they literally just told everybody that they would get free K Cups. Okay, Mm -hmm. so they ran out.
1: Let's say that honest mistake, we miscalculated, we ran out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think that was the biggest mistake. I think the way they responded
2: Very, yes. to it. So mm-hmm.
1: what would you do differently, Alicia, if you were advising them?
2: Ooh. So, I mean, I guess if you got to do it fast. You have to respond fast, especially in social media, because people expect instant answers. They expect real-time engagement. So if you see something going wrong... You need to do something about it and you need to do something fast. And then maybe they couldn't, I don't know what the internal workings were, but maybe they couldn't come back from, you know, fulfilling that everybody gets something free offer. Maybe that was going to like bankrupt them or something, but then try to be just very sincere and open about it. And like, Hey, we made a mistake, but you know what? We're going to be launching this contest again. This time, make sure that you have ample supply and put a cap mm-hmm. on it, and get people you know ready for the next contest. Or
1: could you offer something as a consolation, like yeah. here's a twenty percent off coupon, or
2: yeah, something like that. I mean, yeah,
1: you're still gonna have upset co- customers, but at least you're trying to you know work with them and try right. to
0: try to offer something. But,
1: but two weeks, I mean, if I was yeah, a Timothy's consumer, I'd feel like I'd been ignored. Yeah, yeah, you would, mm-hmm. you would think so. so. So, well, that's yeah. craziness.
0: So the, the, the one we alluded to a few minutes ago was Tim Hortons, and they came into Rhode Island a few years ago not thinking that they were uh, going to have any problem going up against the big D. The juggernaut
1: of Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. And
0: they that's a marketing fail in itself, too. We can talk about that for like a split second here. but
1: yeah, Well, same thing happened to Krispy Kreme. Yeah, you know, yeah, they came thing. in and, you know, it just this is a tough market. You yeah. know, people are loyal to Dunkin', Dunkin Donuts, Donuts and Donuts. Starbucks. Yes, <laughs> and not
0: even so much Starbucks as much, much as Dunkin' Donuts. Right. You know, I, granted you fall into either camp in this area but primarily Dunkin' Donuts has got it on what right. was there a Dunkin' Donuts on every other street corner around here? Yeah.
1: Now converse of that I think where PVD Donuts and Need have found success is they found a niche market. Yes. A specialty right?
0: type donuts. Yeah.
1: So they're sort of using the long tail effect of well we have a small audience but extremely loyal audience and yes, we're going to market yes. right to them and produce for them and they've Done they very, do very well now.
0: Right. Would that scale to fifty stores in no, Rhode Island? Probably no, it not. No. no,
1: it's not made to scale. It's because made... there's a certain exclusivity to it. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, have you ever had like a donut no, from yeah. Need yeah. and. I mean, it's like a meal. You I've know? Had the PVD. I haven't, had, really, I haven't yeah. had need, but I've had PVD yeah. donuts. Well, PVD the same thing. I mean, and very exotic, you know, donuts, mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're quite large, and yeah. they're for a very specific market. Mm-hmm. But you're right; it wouldn't scale up to 50 stores. No, nope. no,
0: nope. nope. there's a few that do well. PVD, need, Alley's donuts, uh, I love which is, allies, that's yeah. a staple. That's yeah. been around those, those things, are the
1: type of things. And so, here again is that exclusivity. They could easily open six locations, but do they? No, No.
0: because they know that that waters down their brand, so to speak.
1: Right, and you have have to to go to where they are. Another I think of is
0: another favorite place that I love to go to is down in Providence is Pastiche. Oh, yeah, it's it's a great little place. Good luck getting in. It's a little tiny on Federal Hill. Yeah, yeah, but it's the only one. Right, and they know that. They know that people are going to come there and spend good money because it's not cheap there
2: exclusivity exclusivity so anyway
0: so um i think we've hit on all the fails so uh the major lesson learned is don't do what they did
2: (laughs) basically yes
1: (laughs) well i think there's a lot of lessons here you know that that we've talked about (laughs) but
2: it up in one sentence don't do
1: it (laughs) there's some good takeaways and and here's the thing because you know our audience you know they're not fortune 1000 companies you know they're they're small businesses but I think the lessons that you can learn from these large corporations are easy applicable oh, to sure. small business. So when you're doing your own marketing, mm-hmm. you know, keep some of these things in mind. Learn from their mistakes. Okay. Do your research. Right? Know, your
0: audience. know your audience.
2: Don't audience. offend people.
0: Don't offend people. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it goes back to do your research. You know, right. it, it seems simple, but sometimes we get so caught up in day-to-day. You know, it's very easy to fall into that trap if you're not careful. You right.
1: Know? And uh, I would say, uh, you know, when you're coming up with concepts for marketing and that, do focus groups. Yes, or for, Yes, you know, And make sure that the people that you're talking to represent more than just one single demographic. Don't mm-hmm. have eight white guys sitting in a room <laughs> trying to decide whether or not this is a good ad that objectifies women. It's like you might want to ask a female or two. Well, yeah, I mean... And there's
0: <laughs> nothing wrong with with gearing your advertising towards a certain demographic. You know, Lowe's, for instance, has done a great job of gearing their advertising towards women. Mm. It's not a bad thing. It's not prejudice. It's they know that what they're trying to sell is an upscale type of stuff, and they know that the women are the ones that make the majority of the decisions when it comes to remodeling a house.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: And the,
1: they were smart. I, I know they hadn't always done this, but when they brought in major appliances as part of their offering, yeah.
0: that was a really smart oh, yeah. move. And on the opposite side, Home Depot did just the opposite. They were aiming towards men, saying, Wanna buy a new tool? This is what the manly the manly place to go get tools. Mm-hmm. You know, the manly Where
1: know. Lowe's has almost got more of a kind of a department store yes. feel yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. when, in regards to their Offerings for kitchen and bathroom remodeling. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you go to Home Depot and, and look at the appliance section, it looks like a guy put it together. Let's be honest.
1: No, <laughs> no offense, but it's, it's what it is. Is they got a box with, you know? Uh, we're going to so get a cease and desist letter. I know it. I just know it. I won't tell
0: anybody that I worked for both of them. <laughs> anyway, with that, I think uh, we are done for the day on this podcast. We can mm-hmm. stick a fork in it. It's done, so to speak. All right, And with that, we'll see you next podcast.
1: All right.
2: Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for joining us today. And as always, you can find the back episodes of our podcast on Apple Podcasts. And you can also find us on our YouTube channel. Both of them are the Marketing Essentials Team.
1: You can find us on the web at com. And if you subscribe through our website, you'll receive a weekly email and letting you know when each episode has been published. Also, you'll receive a link to subscriber-only content.
2: You can also find us on Facebook and our private Facebook group. Just search Little Roadie Marketing Support Group. It's a great place for other marketing professionals and business owners where we can share marketing advice, challenges, and general trends. Hope to see you there.